1: He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.
2: I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, filmmaker Brett Morgan is our very special guest. And uh, he was sanctioned by the Bowie estate to uh, to bring this latest film out. Uh, It is uh, a must-see, and if possible, see it in IMAX. I'll be seeing it in in IMAX uh, while it's it's out and while it's available there. Uh, But it is called Moonage Daydream, and just from the teaser, it's tremendous, uh, getting rave reviews from anybody who's gotten a peek at it. But uh, Brett Morgan is our very special guest, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have him. Brett, how are you? I'm
3: doing great, Frank. I couldn't be better, to be honest with you. But thank you very much for
4: asking.
2: Well, listen, I you you have a subject here. You picked the subject, who is uh, is electric in any era, and uh, I I've got to imagine that this was uh, uh, delightful for you to uh, to bring this to to screen with all the modern conveniences that you have now, uh, and to bring this legend. To, uh, to an audience that, that wouldn't have seen him in this way, I, I've got I've to believe that you're very happy to do that.:
4: That was the whole
3: reason I wanted to make this film, you know because there are films you can watch on home and in tele- on television at home and it's fine. you know you get a story and everything's good. The whole reason I wanted to make this film was so that I could listen to it. It was very selfish right. I wanted to hear David Bowie's music in IMAX and I wanted to see the thin white Duke up on the silver screen in all of his glory. And that was really the, the starting point was give me an immersive musical experience. And during the pandemic, I was cutting the film and I just thought right, the movie theater shut down. I'm like, what am I doing? Because this thing's not for home television. Because nobody at home has an IMAX uh, sound you know, system. And um, you know, here we are right now. Film's opening up this week, and um, I—it's just—it's—it's it's overwhelming. And see the response from the Bowie community in coming out of these screenings. It's just—it's—you it, know—I wanted to create. You know, as, as you might have heard, it's not a biography with a lot of talking heads and facts and information. It really was designed from the word go to be a musical, um, immersive, you know, extravaganza.
2: Brett, what did you learn about Bowie while making this that you may not have known beforehand?
3: Well, before I made this one, I just listened to his music, so I didn't really know much about the man you know, per se. And so as I entered into this and took two years of six, eight-week uh, screening to get through the archives, um, Bowie's, fan, Bowie's estate provided me with full unlimited access to their archives and Final Cut, which was remarkable. As I started going through the materials, I, I, I got to say, uh, his courage, you know, the audacity to, you know, people know that David liked to change things up a bit. But so really, at the, the bottom line is when he felt that he had mastered something or was too comfortable with his position, he would mix it up. He would throw it all away and start over. And doing so was risking his audience, risking the fan base, risking the financial you know, security that he had do. It, it and I, when I look over the last 50 years, I don't know a lot of rock stars or artists or entertainers who are willing to put it all on the line to scratch a creative itch. Bowie was one of the most intelligent um, entertainers who's walked the earth. He was, uh, and he has a a philosophy that we can all apply to our lives about making each day as challenging and rewarding as possible. Um, Spending the last seven years, which is how long I've been working with Bowie Film, you know, with David Bowie has, uh, has just been illuminating every moment.
2: Yeah, I, I've, I've got to imagine it was a, it was a, a labor of love and a labor of passion. Uh, Moonage Daydream is the name of the film. Everyone's got to check it out. And I'm here with the filmmaker, who is uh, is get just getting rave reviews from anybody who's gotten a, a glimpse of it. Brett Morgan is our very special guest. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Brett is our very special guest today. Uh, it premiered at the at the Cannes Film Festival, right? And uh, and, uh, you know, tell us about the response that it got there.
3: Well, we premiered at the Cannes Film Festival in May on a Monday night at midnight, which, you know, is when you get that call. And I'm like, so when are we screening? And they're like, uh, we got you in the Monday night midnight <laughs> squad for 20 with 2,300 people. It, it's kind of not the way I envisioned it, but, you know, I, honestly, man, at t- it was at 2.37 a.m. on a Tuesday morning, 2,300 people rose to their feet for five minutes, and I just crushed, you know. I was the most unbelievable response and reaction to anything I've ever worked on, and um, it, it's, been, it, it's been amazing from day one. The first time I screened the film for any audience, it was Bono, Diaz, and you know, Eddie Vedder and uh and that was back in november and you want to talk about an intimidating crowd um that possibly was the most intimidating audience i will ever screen for i don't know them they were uh, it was arranged through an associate and um when we started to play the film there's a song hello space boy that kicks in at the top and Austin and i looked at the my i've been working on the film for so many years nobody has seen it all of a sudden I see everyone in the room all, all four of them banging their heads fists in the air and so that moment was the moment where I felt we had landed and so by the time I arrived at Cannes I was just dancing into the 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 palette. The and I just uh, it's been you know everyone's got their own sort of you know relationship with Bowie and most of us are in the fan community feel very protective and and, um, you know, uh, I was not intimidated, not nervous, but, you know, I felt for the most part that, you know, there's going to be some people who like it, some people who, you know, have their own, age, blah, blah, blah. and it's been absolutely incredible, overwhelming response that people feel that this is the film that Bowie deserved. And we were, yesterday, uh S. Clark came out and called The Greatest Rock Movie Ever, um, fiction or nonfiction, and we're just... Thrilled that um, audiences are going to be able to go into IMAX this week and uh, listen to David Bowie, you know, like they never
2: heard him before. Uh, listen, congratulations on everything you did. Uh, I'm trying to keep you on schedule. I could talk to you for an hour here, but uh, Moonage Daydream is the name of the film. Uh, Brett, uh, can you give us a website, a social media site, something to, to follow along with you and, and uh, this journey, which is Moonage Daydream?
3: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Brett Morgan, and B-R-E-T-T-M-O-R-G-E-N, and I'll be following reports. Uh, sending, I, I tweet out a lot of sort of like uh, some of the rare stuff uh, from Bowie. And, uh, you know, the, 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 it's just, uh, you know, if you're a Bowie fan, um, get on board because this is, uh, this is this week all over the world. We're opening in Turkey. We're opening in Kiev. Tomorrow, like I mean, it's blowing my mind. I didn't even know they had movies in the Ukraine right now, yeah. but um, it, you know, Singapore, Hong Kong, France, all over the world tomorrow. Uh, if your audience is in the mood, I'd suggest dressing up, putting on a lightning bolt, and it's it's
2: going to be a happening.
3: So uh, come celebrate the greatest artist of, of our lifetime, David Bowie, in Munich, states
2: Fred Morgan, thanks for being here.
3: Thank you so
2: much, Brad. Brett Morgan is our very special guest, has been our very special guest, uh, um experimental documentary called Moonage Daydream. Uh, I look forward to seeing it. It would be nice to see it in IMAX and in that kind of uh, setting. But, you know, Bowie, of course, uh, incredible uh, breakthrough performer who we lost not too long ago. And I don't even know how many years ago he's passed. But, um, yeah, it's uh, interesting. Uh, he, got the, uh, he got the sanctioning from the Bowie estate. If we had more time, I would have gotten into uh, who is the Bowie estate, right? Who's left, um, well, left, who's, uh, who's here kind of overseeing the action? And, and that's a, it's a big question for, for so many people. Uh, Prince, I think, got a lot from, from Bowie. In uh, in the flamboyance and whether he d- took it directly from Bowie or he just kind of followed a, a similar path that David Bowie did. Um, and if you think of what's going on, well, what's went on with the the Prince estate? It's uh, it's uh, it's messy at best, and I imagine that would be a complicated um, film to make if you were making Prince's uh, film because of the the different battles that are going back and forth. Uh, I don't know. Maybe for all I know, they're all settled. But uh, interesting that um, that uh, Brett Morgan is sanctioned by the fam. Well, by the estate to uh, to do this. And I've heard nothing but rave reviews coming from Cannes. And the uh, the uh, the film festival was. Uh, you know, this was one of the big hits of the film festival. And kudos to uh, to Brett Morgan. You know, he did the. Uh, Montage of Heck, which is uh, on Cobain, and Cobain Montage of Heck, and uh, uh, he uh, produced and directed Jane, uh, which I haven't seen. And uh, the uh, the kid stays in the picture, which was, a, you know, that's that's going back 20 years now. So Brett Morgan's been around, and he's put together a nice career. But this is something I've got to believe he absolutely loved to do. Modinge Daydream frank mckay signing off brett morgan filmmaker has been our very special guest and we'll see you all next time on breaking
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.
2: I'd like to welcome everyone. To breaking it down, Frank McKay here with a very talented man, and uh, it's become tradition to uh, to speak to Jeff Plate every year. And um, you know, again, he's uh, he's done so many so many great things, from sabotage to uh, to uh, well, TSO of course, Tra- Trans Siberian Orchestra, but uh, Metal Church, uh, the the work that he did with Metal Church was just terrific. His his second album of uh, of his uh, of his solo work is, uh, is is upon us we'll talk to him about that but let me without further ado introduce uh drummer musician songwriter everything uh jeff plate is our very special guest uh jeff how are you
4: I'm doing great,
2: Frank. Thank you. Uh, listen, uh, doing uh, doing great, and and constantly being out there. TSO, and I say this all the time. I sound like a broken record, no pun intended. But TSO, Trans Siberian Orchestra, has become uh, synonymous with uh, with the holiday season, with uh, with Christmas. And uh, you know, as as much as uh, as as the the animation, uh, you know, like the frosty the snowman, uh, uh, you know, or the uh, the Rudolph the <laughs> red nose, right? Re- is as much as we look forward to seeing that each year. Uh, you know, you guys are, are doing it at a different level and a very high level all the time. Um, again, I say it all all the time to you. Has anything changed? Uh, is there any? Uh, any plan, uh, like a se- uh, Secession plan, you know, like One day to keep this going 20 years from now, 40 years from now Is there any uh, any plans underway?
4: Uh, God, that's that's an interesting question But, but to, to that point You know, when, when Paul O'Neill created The Trans-Siberian Orchestra back in 1996 Or 95 However you want to look at that uh, his His idea was to create Something for everybody and as TSO became popular, uh, our first album, Christmas Eve and Other Stories, is our, our best-selling CD to date. It's the one that really put us on the map, not just musically, but, you know, this this kind of set the the template for for what Paulo Deal was, was thinking and what he wanted to bring to the people. You know, not just music, but he wanted to bring a story. He wanted to bring a show where people could escape for a couple hours and, and enjoy themselves and feel good. But as TSO developed, Paul would tell us all, you know, Trans-Siberian Orchestra is going to outlive us all. It's going to this, it's going to that. We're going to pass this on from generation to generation. And, and, And I can say with firsthand knowledge, we've been doing autograph lines since the year 2000. And some of those kids that came through the autograph lines are now coming through with their own kids. And it is an interesting thing to see, you know, Paul O'Neill was right. He, he succeeded in creating this, this timeless entity, you know, uh, musically this, this will live forever. The live show is something that has become, you know, dare I say tradition. I think you touched on this in, in your opening there, but, uh, you know, millions of people every year come out to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra and it's become part of their holiday fabric, you know? So what is the what is the next step? What's the succession plan? Well, I'm going to keep myself in one piece and as healthy as I can for as long as I can <laughs> and, and enjoy every minute of this, you know? But there will come a day, uh, you know, personally, hey, age and, you know, things will eventually catch up to me. But there will be somebody else sitting in that stool doing the job. And to, to, to be here from the first note, from the first show and just see how this idea that was kicking around in paul's head for for years and years and years how it became a reality and how how it became such a success you know i couldn't be more thankful and uh and hey hats off to the next guy you know i'll be right there to help him
2: jeff plate is the voice that you're hearing if you're just turning on your radios a little late or just tuning in a little bit late jeff plate Uh, is our very special guest, the drummer of Trans-Siberian Orchestra and become legendary uh, each year, has become a, a, a fixture, a, a staple, the holiday season, and uh, TSO is just uh, is second to none. Uh, I don't, I don't even know what else I would compare it to. I always say the, the Rockettes or something, you know, or, or something, <laughs> something that that I think will keep going and going and going uh, for for years to come. Uh, by the way, one of my, I don't know if, uh, if if all of you have been turned on to, but Alta is some of my best new music uh, that I could ever recommend. to, anyone and the first album was just uh, just unbelievable i think there's a second album coming on if i understand that correctly uh jeff uh Terrain, do you have a second uh, a second album coming out
4: yes actually the the album is written uh we are in the mixing process right now i just received the artwork for the album so this the next the next step in this process will begin as the record label you know uh, my friend Joel Bryan at Rat Pack Records. When he gets a hold of everything, then he will start putting the packaging together, and and we're hoping for a release. You know, maybe late February, March, early spring next year. So, uh, thank you very much, man. the The first album was was you know born out of labor of of love. I just something I've always wanted to do, and also it was a bucket list project of mine to to put together an album of my own making uh i worked with closely with with a bunch of local local guys here and then also tso keyboardist jane mangini so the first record came out so well we're we're all just very very proud of it we got a great response from it and i immediately started writing for for album number two so here we are and uh, i've already got some ideas uh cooking for album number three but i think that we set a fairly high bar with uh with our first album mother's day and everybody everybody in my band really took this to heart i I think the songwriting is better vocally it's improved musically it's improved um and of course, we'll let the fans decide that for themselves. But, but we're very happy with the with the second record that's going to be coming out, and we can't wait for people to hear it.
2: And tremendous! Uh, it just what a Mother's Day you talk, you talk about a high bar. You set a very high bar, uh, a very high level of musicianship there and writing, and just uh, just absolutely great. Uh, getting back to TSO, uh, how many shows this year? Are are planned and does it ever change I mean obviously I I guess shows can get canceled especially with pandemics and things like that but uh, do you ever add on shows Uh, and how many well the first question is how many do you have coming up
4: so this year's tour um, will cover 60 cities I believe we're doing 101 shows and for people that don't know Transylvania Orchestra has two different touring groups during the winter tours or for the winter tours uh, an east coast and a west coast group this is how we're able to cover all of this ground in such a short amount of time so the tour itself has been fairly consistent over the last oh well, half a dozen years or so as far as the length of the tour and the amount of shows it is um, you know as far as <laughs> as far as adding shows i in the first place i'm always amazed I would love to be a fly on the wall when they actually book these tours because there is so much going on in any of these re- arenas on any given night of the week. You know, you got pro sports, you got college sports, other concerts, other events. How do they, I would love to see how they actually map out, you know, our, our touring schedule and how all that works. But but they always, they, they've got a place for us every year. I mean, we've been doing these these tours since 1999 um pretty much every every winter season we are we are out there doing this you know obviously 2020 was the exception to that but uh but yeah the tour is pretty consistent and uh trying to keep it within the holiday window so to speak
2: jeff plate is the voice you're hearing frank mckay here so much more importantly tso trans-siberian orchestra is out and about once again and He's right stadiums, are, you have competition, especially around this time of year, football and uh, and you know look concerts and I just I, what a what a uh, what an operation this uh, this is and if you you know if you look on on YouTube or uh, or uh, on the internet real quick and you'll see um, uh, you'll uh, you'll see, you'll see the operation they have <laughs> it's it, it is a it is an operation and it should be um, just great uh, if you if you haven't seen TSO. Uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, get out there, uh, Jeff. We have a minute uh, before we have to take a quick break. Hopefully, we have you for a second segment.
4: Um, do you have a website for uh, for Terrain? Yeah, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, Terrain, You know, Terrain Music, Jeff Plate Music. Uh, the actual website itself is is just being being built, um, so we'll have some more news on that coming up fairly soon. But uh, Rat Pack Records, you can go to you can go to their website. Uh, like I said, Rain Facebook page, Jeff Play Music Facebook page, and uh, and yeah, pretty much anything that we're doing is, is uh, I try to keep up today. You know, it's it's tough, it's tough doing this, especially when you're uh, when you're kind of like a one man operation.
2: Yeah, no doubt about
4: keeping, it. <laughs> keep, keeping up with all this stuff, but uh, but all the info is is right there in those those three places.
2: Yeah, and and real quick, uh, TSO's website before we break
4: www.trans-siberian.com
2: Frank McKay signing off just for a moment uh, we'll be back right after these uh, commercial breaks uh, with Jeff Plate of Trans-Siberian Orchestra and All-Terrain uh, Frank McKay being uh, telling you we'll be right back right after this
1: It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay Long Island Vibes on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays Now here's your host Frank McKay
2: I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, and our very special guest uh, is Jeff Plate, uh drummer, musician, songwriter, a little bit of everything, and uh, you know his work from from so many uh, different outlets, but we're talking about uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, where we're heading into the holiday season, and when the weather starts changing, uh, you know, TSO is right around the, uh, around in the corner if uh if you got a chance you got to check out uh mother's day and uh, new album will be uh uh you know upon us uh, real soon but all terrain uh, absolutely terrific uh, the best new music i heard in so so long the best band i've heard in in so long and i just i uh, want to turn you guys onto it and and pass it along to you but uh you know jeff has been with uh, metal church and Sabotage and uh, so many uh, it, it, so much great music has come out of him, and he's constantly playing. He's constantly teaching. And uh, without further ado, let me uh, bring back Jeff Plate. Jeff, welcome back. Thanks, Mike. Uh, it's true, right? I mean, you you kind of don't have to get in playing shape because you're constantly playing. I assume you have a full schedule when you're not touring. Uh, you're you're uh, you're teaching.
4: Yeah, I've got, I've been teaching now for. God, the past ten years or so, and I've kind of developed things to to the point where I have I have 15 consistent students every week, which is which is exactly the right amount. I I don't want to overextend myself, but I love the teaching side of it, and especially when I've gotten, you know, some young students who come in, they they're just they're just sponges. You know, you sit them in that stool, you start teaching them some theory. You let them wail away on the drums, show them how to play along to a song. And, and it's just great to see that fire, you know, get ignited in them. And, but not just children. You know, I have, I have teenagers. I have middle-aged people. I have a couple older folks, you know, in their, in their mid-60s. Um, a couple older people that have never played drums until a few years ago when they met up with me. And it's, it's really cool to just work with, with whatever level, you know, musician or whatever level student. I just love doing it. I, I love seeing people, like I said, get that fire in their eyes. They, they start listening to music differently. They start understanding how songs are put together, how musicians go about doing doing their job, and you know how they how they build their craft. But uh, you know, besides that, always practicing. We were you, you mentioned Alter Rain, and and that really takes a lot of my time too, doing the the writing, the producing, editing, all of the above. So. I'm always busy doing something musically. Um, metal Church. I have not been in Metal Church now for for several years. I, I stepped out of that in 2017, and man, boy, that five years has gone fast. Yeah. But uh, but you know, always always trying to be creative, always trying to keep moving forward.
2: It it always amazes me when when somebody could put a career together, and you have, um, but uh, there's there's a handful of people, a small. Uh, percentage of the population that starts out with those drumsticks or, or you know, picks up a guitar for the first time, and, and they uh, and and they make a life out of it—not just a career, but uh, a life out of it. Uh, for example, we just had Al Di on. You know, uh, legendary uh, jazz fusion guitarist, and and I'm actually bringing him on stage tonight. He asked me. Uh, he called and asked uh, if I'd uh, introduce him uh, to to the audience out here in Long Island, and I, you know, honored, of course. But you take a guy like Di Miola, uh in in his field, and uh, and just. You, you you look at what he's done. And he's, he has 35 solo albums, right? Forget about what he's done with Return <laughs> to Forever. But he's got 35 solo albums, and then you look at at what you're doing and and what you continue to do, and uh, and the touring and and I you know already mentioned the the impact of. Trans-Siberian Orchestra and and what I think is going to ultimately happen and that's uh, by the way uh, such uh, You mentioned it before but the genius and and I mean true genius of the late great Paul O'Neill um, uh, He's uh, there's got to be like a special place in the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for all of you guys I don't know if you've made it there or if they've if they've recognized you yet I don't know what the voting process is but have do you think you've gotten the proper recognition? That that you should. I know the fans love you, the critics love you, and all of that. But I, there's got to be a certain special place for you guys in, in all of these Hall of Fames.
4: Uh, yes. I, I mean, I think the recognition is the fact that we do these tours every year and we play close to a million people every year. You know, it's Treslagrian Orchestra has become one of, the, one, of the, one of the one of the one of the top three downloaded artists. During the holiday seasons of all time, uh, Billboard just came out with some some chart numbers a while ago. You know, Trans Orchestra is right up there with the biggest and the best as far as tour dates, uh, ticket sales, revenues, all of the above. But I mean, hey, it's it's when Trans Orchestra first started. Now, granted, Paul O'Neill. I think he could see down the road further than we could as far as what this was going to become or what the plan was. We were all kind of scratching our heads at first. And, and by we, I, I'm talking about my fellow members in the band, Sabotage Christmas, Christmas Eve, Sierra 1224, which is the big Transylvania orchestra hit was first recorded by Sabotage. And when it was, we all thought, wow, this song is magnificent, but you know, How does this fit into a sabotage album well it did fit it was part of paul's story that he had written he was writing about the war in bosnia going on at the time and it all made sense but but nonetheless it was an instrumental christmas song when it first took off i mean we were all kind of surprised like wow i can't even believe this is happening when the when the transatlantic orchestra was officially formed when, when Paul put a name to this project and really began focusing on the future with that, sure, I, I think a lot of our, a lot of people, a lot of our peers, peers kind of looked at us wondering, you know what's this all about? What's this band doing playing holiday music? And then once we started touring, same deal. you know we started touring in 1999. Musically we had already established something that was that was a hit, you know both both albums, or Christmas Eve and other stories in the Christmas Attic were were successes. Um, But the live thing, I mean, here we are, we're a rock band. We're a metal band. We're on stage. We're wearing tuxedos. We're playing holiday music. We're playing some classical music. There was definitely a lot of people looking at us with their arms folded thinking, uh, this is, you know, what are these guys doing? Well, all these years later, all these tours later uh, all of those people that had any doubts about us are lining up to be a part of it and i think that really says a lot to what we've accomplished i i don't take i don't feel insulted by anybody's remarks towards the band and whatever i know how special this is i know how much work it's taken to get to where we are and i know from the very beginning you know this idea that paul had as much as we weren't sure about what he was doing His commitment to it and his energy is the reason that we all bought in and and followed along and became a part of this. And we wouldn't be here without him, obviously. And this thing is going to last forever. So I I think that speaks to itself.
2: Yeah, no question about it. Visionary Paul O'Neill. I mean, visionary. (laughs) There's there's no other way to uh, look at it. Genius. uh, Just unbelievable. We have a couple minutes left, Jeff. And, uh, again, Jeff Plate everyone is the voice that you're hearing and uh, just a, a, an integral part of a Trans-Siberian Orchestra and, and so much more um, Frank McKay here but much more importantly we've got a couple minutes left with Jeff Plate. Jeff um, what's, what's the prep you're doing now? Uh, are, are, there, are, are you all in the same place uh, rehearsing everything or is it beyond that? Are you, uh, are you out? What, what's your life right now and what's the rest of the band's life right now?
4: Well, we've all got the songs to to prepare for the tour, and I mean, here again, I, I've been here since the beginning, yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've I've played these songs many, 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 many times. Uh, as as has my bandmates in in both touring groups. You know, we've all we've all played these songs a number of times. Doing a little prep work before we actually get to rehearsals is what's on everybody's agenda right now. Uh, when we get into the rehearsals with the full band, we brush the dust off the songs. We we make some adjustments here and there. A lot of times there there is something different that we are playing that maybe we haven't played in several years. So we need to get up to speed on that. But the real preparation for the tour is is the production side of things. And the rehearsal with the full production, with the lighting, with the pyro, the the lasers, the video, all of the above, This is where things get really, really serious, and it has to be. Um, You you mentioned earlier what an operation this is, and if you've seen our show, there is a lot going on in our show, and it goes off without a hitch. Every night, these tours, really, we do these entire tours with literally no problems, and add into that the the schedule that we're on. We're, We're playing normally eight shows in five days every week, Our our road crew is fantastic. Our production team and management team are are second to none. So there's a lot going on, not just, you know, obviously I'm here talking to you promoting the tour. There's this part of it. There's also the other side of this where management and production are really getting things lined up and, and ready for us to get to rehearsal.
2: Jeff Plate, uh, always a pleasure having you. Uh, before you go, maybe you can give us uh, that Alter Rain website one more time and anything else we should know about Alter Rain real quick. And uh, and congratulations on everything and good luck in this upcoming tour.
4: Thank you very much, Jeff Plate Music. Uh, on Facebook, go to RatpackRecords.com. That's, that's our record label. Alter uh, Rain Facebook page. 've we've, uh, we've got some cool stuff coming up we uh, we actually released a version of uh, heavy metal by Sammy Hagar uh, a couple months ago so so that did some that, that that made some noise on radio and a lot of people really dug that so there's also a video up for that um, but more news on El Terrain coming up soon and Frank if you'd like to talk about it in the future I'm, I'm more than happy
2: Jeff plate thank you very much
4: thanks Frank take care
2: Jeff plate of TSO, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. He's the drummer, an extraordinary musician, and and uh, he's, a, he's a songwriter and a performer extraordinaire. Uh, does so many things well. Alterane is a great, great band. Mark my words, you'll thank me. Um, check them out, they are wonderful. Frank McKay signing off. Jeff Plate has been our very special guest. Check out Trans-Siberian Orchestra when you get a chance on the road. Uh, you won't be sorry. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on...
1: In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.
2: I'd like to welcome everyone. To breaking it down, Frank McKay here with a wonderful, award-winning fashion and pop culture host. She is uh, she's so terrific. She's so terrific on, on the red carpet and talking about everything when everything's going on. But now we're in uh, we're in quarantine. Everyone's been uh, shut down, and she comes up with Love Quarantine Style, which was absolutely terrific. Co-creator of that uh, group text with Melissa Rivers is her latest and it's an absolute must listen to she is terrific at everything she does here and I'm thrilled to have her Melissa Rivers how are you
0: oh my god that was like the nicest introduction can I have a copy of that
2: yeah no no doubt about it and and I watered it down
0: so I can play so I can play it for my son (laughs) (laughs) for my 19 year old who rolls his eyes god is he 19 already oh my god I remember he's a sophomore in college
2: Wow! No kidding. Wow, that's I. I well, well, the funny is,
0: I I look at pictures and he literally towers over me. <laughs> it's hilarious.
2: Well, hey, listen, that's okay. There's nothing nothing wrong with being uh, shorter than your son. I'm shorter than all all
0: my sons, but I look. The, well, no, it's it's great, but it's so funny because I still think of him as my baby. Yeah. Wow. And I go to give him a hug, and it's like, oh my god, you are this enormous human being. <laughs> <laughs> hey listen.
2: And I, it just cra- it just cracks me up. Yeah. How does he like all of this? How does he like being Melissa Rivers' son? I mean, is that that's that's something you got to you you got to have a taste for, right? Because uh, a lot of attention, you know, you you can't just go eat dinner like everyone else. Uh, did did he like that growing up?
0: No. I mean, he he got the double whammy because of grandma. Yeah. Who you couldn't go anywhere in the world. <laughs> that's right. Um well, you know, I, 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 I raised him how I was raised, which is, you know, fake life and real life and appreciating the, per, the perks that come with it, even if there are parts that are difficult, you know, not being able to go certain places or being interrupted. But also I was raised with an understanding that that's what pays the bills. Yeah. And being so grateful that people like my work or my, my mother's work especially and, and understanding that that, you know, that she's, especially my mom, who reached so many people and, but I raised Cooper how <clears throat> I was raised, which is that's fake life and real life is where you live. Yeah. We sat down for, you know, my parents, we sat down for dinner every night. We had, I had chores. I had expectations. I was to get good grades. I was to be polite. I had responsibilities. And I, that's how I raised Cooper. So he always had a very uh, good sense of our, our jobs and who we are at work is not who we are at home. My mother, to my friends, was Mrs. Rosenberg until the day she died. That's how the phone at her home was at, answered: Rosenberg residence. Wow,
2: wow! Just yeah, I, I, you would never would think that, you know. It's I, you know, I, I'm I was up in Larchmont. My uh, uncle is from up there, and uh, and uh, you know, somebody said. TikTok, Big Oxford Road. Yeah. They said, have yep. you ever been by there? And and you go down there and it's like, there might as well be a golden, you know, road leaving, leading up to it. I mean, your mother was such a legend. I just I'm still, I mean, to this day. Think of what she did. And again, not to, you know, get in, into this, but think about what she did before it was fashionable for women to do it Phyllis Diller and, and your mom to me just they, they paved the way for every woman comedian that that came up afterwards and it, it was really what the was two so
0: interesting about Phyllis and my mother was friendly with Phyllis um, you know Phyllis came before my mom um, what was so interesting is Phyllis was beautiful and had to make herself look crazy to be accepted and my mother i think was the first one that allowed her was allowed to be pretty and stylish and all those things and that was also what made the humor so funny because it was coming out of this body and face you would not expect
2: yeah it's just you know and the the but the two of them uh, i i always and i've never met either one of them I, but I imagine the two of them just very. You can strong. always get a Ouija
0: board. Yeah,
2: <laughs> she would love that you said that. <laughs> I think some people are <laughs> always taken about. Oh, get a Ouija board. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us about group text. Uh, we we want to hear about this, and this is uh, it's going to be terrific. Who are some of your guests? Oh gosh, I
0: um, I have I try and get experts or people that are interesting in different fields. It's really about everything. You know, people try and make it, it about, you know, podcasts, you're in one lane, you do lifestyle, you do motherhood, you do politics, and nobody's life is lived in one lane. So I, I really do just look at what my friends and I are talking about and pick some of those topics. You know, I just did, and I like to do little mini-series within the series because I get very kind of... You know, you, once you start going down one rabbit hole, sometimes that's where you stay because it's really interesting. So I just done, uh, finished up a little mini series on the state of comedy, and I had Bob Saget, Jeff Ross, Margaret uh, Cho, Mark Cherry, Greg Fitzsimmons, and I just did Dionne Cole, and it's been a fascinating conversation and fun and funny, obviously, about where is comedy going and how are how is comedy going to serve is how has it been surviving all this. Especially the fact that you would now not be allowed to have a Lenny Bruce, or a Richard Pryor, or a Joan Rivers—they would have been canceled. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, so yeah. I do that to everything. From I did a little series on Black Lives Matter called "Can We Talk? Can We Listen?" And then you know I'll do everything from the latest and greatest in skincare to true crime to cults. You know, it's it's I try and make it like a fun dinner party, and and it's always like. I don't live in one lane. Do you?
2: No, you know, I I love that you called it group text because I assumed that's what what it is. It's kind of like you're uh, you're you're chatting about whatever comes to mind, whatever comes up at that particular day or that moment, just like you would in a group ch- text with a whole bunch of friends. Is that where you came up with that?
4: Absolutely.
0: You know, it goes from everything you know to from you know in the beginning of the pandemic if i saw one more picture of food <laughs> i was going to just flip out because i'm like god enough with the food porn and then suddenly it's you know six memes going around then it's something about parenting during the pandemic then it's something about oh my god did you read this book or have you watched this series or holy crap i'm all broken out what should i do you know to <laughs> You know, Cooper and I used to, you know, debate on how many dryer sheets were appropriate. (laughs) And also the fact that everyone finally admitted that you got, everyone started getting, I don't know about you, getting dressed in the laundry room or by your washer dryer. That's just stopped making it into the drawers.
2: Yeah, I I can't believe that was ever disputed. I I mean, that's what I do. That's where I get dressed. I get dressed right by the Oh, I had
0: friends, I have friends who are so OCD I mean, they cleaned up their closet. They redid their drawers. Everything has to be in place because that's their way of control. Cooper and I would fold stuff and just leave it on the washer and dryer. And then, you know, I'd have my pile and he'd have his.
2: Do you have special social media set up for the, uh, for the podcast or is it under your own? What's your best social media for people to follow along with you and your website?
0: Um, I am all I'm, you know. Melissa Rivers official on Twitter and and Instagram, and I'm on Facebook. And you can find the podcast on all your normal, you know, services and platforms. And you know, I'm a little bit like a fungus. I'm kind of everywhere.
2: <laughs> listen, congratulations on everything, and boy, you've put together just a wonderful career, just still going strong. And uh, listen, can't uh, can't wait to hear the next. Uh, installment, Group Text with Melissa Rivers. Melissa, thank you very much. Thank you. Group Text with Melissa Rivers is the name of the show, podcast, and as you can hear, it's a little bit about everything. I, you know, her, her mother, just an absolute legend. Uh, Joan Rivers, just amazing, and she uh, it was uh, apparently best friends. I mean, they, they always looked like they were... They were so close. I remember one thing specifically about the O.J. Simpson trial, when when it all started, when uh, when O.J. first killed his wife and uh, ex-wife and and uh, Ron Goldman, uh, Joan was hosting, guest hosting Larry King Live, and she had a roundtable of all of these. Of all these women, you know, psychiatrists uh, psychiatrist and this one and that one, and they just all went around and they it was a you know, different kind of show. She wasn't interviewing one person. She just had a round table filling in for Larry King. And they went around and she said, "Hey, look, I know OJ. I'm a friend of OJ's. He did it. Of course he did it. You know, she was just very candid and she was very, uh, you know, she was great in in that role as uh, as a host. And they all went around the little round table there. And they all agreed, yeah, he did it, he did it. And uh, and they were complaining about, you know, I guess different uh, panel members were complaining that he's spending all this money to get this dream team and everything else. So a caller calls up and says to Joan Rivers, he said, Joan, your daughter, Melissa Rivers, hypothetically, kills her ex-husband or kills her husband or boyfriend. And uh, she's, you know she did it do you hire Barry Sheck, Johnny Cochran, F. Lee Bailey, blah, 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 blah. And without more than a gasp, because she, you know, it was such a poignant question. And she's thinking about it. And Joan Rivers looked at the camera and said, yes, I spend every cent I have to protect my daughter. And they they went around the, the round table again, right? You know, virtual round table, whatever it was different people chiming in and everybody said, Yeah, if it's my kid, I'm 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 doing the same thing. I'm doing this and doing that. They all went there and then finally it came up to this one lady and she said, No. If my son did this, I would, you know, throw him the wolves or whatever she said. And Joan Rivers said, Oh, you would not. You would <laughs> you would spend every cent you got to to try to get your child off. And she was so honest about it. She was so poignant about it 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 just was one of those moments early on in that insanity that happened that really started reality tv let's face it the oj simpson trial is what what started reality tv it uh it it just always stood with me and how frank and how candid joan rivers was about answering that question and that's. The, the young woman at the time that she was talking about Still a young woman, she's wonderful uh, Melissa Rivers has put together a, Just a tremendous career And you know her mom is very proud of her Looking looking down and uh, being very proud And she's as proud of her son Cooper As Joan was uh, Of of Melissa And uh, again, award winning fashion And pop culture, and culture Host um, She's the co-creator of Love Quarantine Style Melissa Rivers has been our very special guest. Tune in to Group Text with Melissa Rivers podcast, and you know it'll be entertaining and wonderful and pop culture-laden and fashion-laden. Uh, terrific. Thrilled to have her. Melissa Rivers has been our very special guest. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down.
1: This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bay's.